in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm seen to the left of the great Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> wow, Brian, that's uh, all the episodes that we've we've done. That's maybe the the, the best. It's the highest honor. Adjective. Well, greatest would be Glenn Glenn Stansberry the Great. Wow, wow, man, kind of sounds like um, with great. The Great Gatsby, the Great Stansberry, the Great Depression, the Great, <laughs> the Great Meltdown. <laughs> See, this is like great a psychological meltdown. question. You know what I mean? <laughs> you start, you start libbing hey. Great Depression, Great Meltdown. Hold on, hold on. Negative connotations. I'm just I'm saying. talking about the Great Gatsby, Great War, Great, <laughs> the Great Stan. I don't know. Well, you know what, Brian? You know what? Forget that. We we. Before the episode started, I said I feel good about this one, Brian. Right. I feel I feel like this is going to be, yeah, top ten, maybe top five episode. Oh, yeah, good. that's good. That's hey, a good thing to. I'm using my visualization techniques. That's right good, here. Jim mm-hmm. Carrey. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a. I'm putting it out there right now. Okay, it will. I will make it so because um, I have envisioned it. Yes. Well, I, I think we've talked about it before, but maybe people don't out there don't know. Jim Carrey used special visualization techniques mm-hmm. uh, throughout his career, and it's been very successful for him. Yes. I think he's sort of famous now. But uh, basically, basically, the idea is you envision yourself getting something or doing something. It's like being the star of Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you think about that, reflect on it every day, and then all of a sudden, you make it happen by, by just willing it so, basically. Asking the universe for it. I'm envisioning us in about, I don't know, 30, 45, 50 minutes, mm-hmm. being blown away by how amazing this episode has been. Okay. Yeah, that'll be awesome. And everyone listening. <laughs> I'm excited. It's like a collective... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, speaking of... Wow. Me and Glenn are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. Mm. Uh, much like the comedy of Jim Carrey, it's very entertaining. And questionable. And questionable times. sometimes. Sometimes we make bad decisions. Sometimes bad tacks yeah. are posted to gentleman.com. Yes. Uh, but, you know, you can't hit them out of the park every time. That's right. Do you, but uh, then sometimes you do hit it out of the park. Right. And it's magical. Men on the Moon. Yep. The Truman Show. Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. The mm-hmm. Mask. I'll, go, I'll say it. I the think mask, that was a... I haven't seen it in a long time, but... A solid Cameron Diaz's, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. breakthrough role. Ace Ventura. Oh, yeah. Man. One, two, and three. There's something about... The, the, the thing is, we're getting off in the weeds here, but I just want to mm. say something about this. There's something about when somebody's struggling and they're not quite famous yet, when mm-hmm. they're trying so hard to, mm-hmm. to break through. It's like lightning in a bottle, man. Mm-hmm. Like the Ace Ventura and the Dumb and Dumber were like amazing. He put it all out there. He did everything he could <laughs> everything. do. Everything. Pull out all the stops. And then you get something like, on the conversely, you get something like uh, the number 23, the number 23. That's a horror movie. A serious, non-comedy oh, horror yeah, movie. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. That Jim Carrey's in. Was he in Swim Fan? No. 
Cable Guy. That's the Cable other one. Guy. I own that movie. You like that movie. I like that movie. It's a dark comedy. But critically panned. panned. Yes. Well, lots of things are critically panned That's that true. turn out to be brilliant. That's true. So Speaking of gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Critically, <laughs> cl- critically, plan- <laughs> critically panned. Brilliant. But brilliant. Everyone- I think time will tell. I think mm-hmm. when, at, when history's... Mm-hmm. Turns its its gaze back to gentleman.com. I think that we will be, uh, I will we'll be vindicated. Hmm. I, I hope so. so. I, I believe so. I'm crossing my fingers here. I'm visualizing that vindication. <laughs> vindication. Um, I'm thinking in, a couple editions of Mount Rushmore is what I'm thinking. That's right. Time to get out the old chisel. Yep. And uh, put a couple new things up there. I'd settle for just just below Washington. Mm-hmm. Maybe Lincoln. maybe in his nostril. Yeah. or something. Nostril. Me poking out. Yeah. One of each of us out of each yeah, nostril. That'd be great. Yeah, it's a good idea. Weirdest sculpture ever. Mm. I guess not sculpture, monument. <laughs> anyway, um, this is all going to get cut anyway, out, right? Yeah, it'll all get cut out. I'll get edited out. Okay, going well. Um, <laughs> just real quick, I just want to say a couple things. Okay, a word from our sponsors. Okay, um, if you go to gentleman.com and click around, that would be good. Uh, even better, or in addition to. Mm. would be awesome is if you went over to podcast.gentleman.com because there you can follow along with the links from this episode you can listen to p- past episodes you can read some of the past scores we've done on the MTS mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of stuff over there at podcast.gentleman.com and the most important thing is when you want to get in touch with us because I say when not if when you want to get in touch with us because I know you will you will <laughs> you know who you are exactly right um, you can do so you can get in touch with me and Glenn by sending a letter to the Gentleman mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. Uh, we will take that later. We will read it. We will um, decipher it. We will pontificate. Use the, we will pontificate over that. We will put it up on the hall slash Hall of Fame, which we know is Hall of Fame. And uh, then we're going to talk about it on the Gentleman Podcast. And we, we, might, uh, we might reciprocate and send you something back. So, um, in any case... Drop us a line. Send us a letter over the gentleman mailbag. We'd really appreciate it. That's P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. Uh, if you don't want to send a letter, that's totally cool. I mean, kind of lame, but whatever. Uh, you can do that uh, by using the email address, howdy at gentleman.com. Mm-hmm. And we'll get back to you within a few weeks. Yeah. Or seven. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but mail, we're really snappy. Yeah. So. It's like, it's the opposite with us. See, you send us a letter, you get a, you get something right back mm-hmm. immediately. And mm-hmm. you're on the podcast. You send us an email. It could be like six weeks. Yeah. It's like six to eight weeks delivery time. We have this automated system where you send us an email and then we reply really quickly. It says, well, we have, Hey, we got your email. Your wait time and response is right. 60 days. Yeah, exactly. Well, what has to happen then is we have the machine that right. reads our emails for us. Right. Uh, prints them all out, packages them, uh, we send it through a third party, and then we get it to our P.O. box, and then we get it, and then we yeah. read it. Yeah, so, we mail it to the we, P.O. Yeah, box. Exactly. Yep. So we yep. have that whole system. It's really efficient. Some people say it's convoluted. Some people say it's old school. Mm. Whatever. That, that's just how that's we do That's how it. we do things. That's how we that's do how it, we roll. That's right. Um, and so anyway, Glenn, well, let's uh, get into, speaking of rolling, let's get into the drink of the week this week. Oh, man. I'm looking at these cans, Brian, and I'm not sure what's going on. Uh. I've not... I've not seen anything like this. Would you Would you care to 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 just enlighten me here on what what we're gonna put in our mouth? Okay, Glenn. Well, I um I was at the store tonight and I saw these these cans and they they do kind of stick out. They've got this crazy design on them. 
it's like a it's, scene. Yeah, it's like a the. It's kind of like the images from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, on the side of a can. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Glenn, I looked a little bit closer. I looked past all those images, okay. and I looked a little closer, and I read the thing, and it says. Proudly brewed in Hayes, Kansas. Hayes, Kansas. And I felt like a jerk because mm. we've been doing the MTS mm-hmm. on beers for a long, long time. And there is a brewery over in Hayes, Kansas that we haven't even talked about before. And it's called the Defiance Brewery. Yeah. I've, have you ever been to Hayes, Brian? Yes. I have, I have too. I have not wanted to stay long in Hayes. Uh, I used to have to go for track meets in the summer. And if you've ever been to Hayes in summer... It's uh, it makes hell feel cold. Um, um, it is it is windy and hot, and the sun is beating down. It's kind of like it's like the armpit of Kansas. Wow, you're really throwing Hayes but, Kansas under the bus but, here. But I have nothing but nice things to say about Hayes, um, Kansas. Imagine if you you know maybe you shaved your pits or you put on some deodorant, freshen well, things I, up a little bit. I am offended. I'm offended. Let me tell you. I just it, it, look. It's from my past. All right. I don't have good experiences being there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've only been there twice to Hayes. Mm-hmm. Um, Hayes, Kansas, Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. Um, is it's a beautiful. It's a it's a nice little festival they have. Well, then I take it back uh, if I can. If I it's some, possible. I, I have some very memorable experiences in Hayes, Kansas. Brian, you're, you're giving me that look like there's some stories that need to be told about these memorable experiences. <laughs> in the two times I went to Hayes, Kansas for Oktoberfest, um, I had some extremely good stories out of that, which I cannot repeat on this. I'll have to tell you after the show. Okay, I'm, I, I won't ever tell anyone else. <laughs> um, it's a good town. I like the town. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> um, so, okay. But anyway, so they uh, so then they throw a good Oktoberfest. Okay. In Hayes. They right. throw a good party. Let me okay. just say that. Um, so anyway, Glenn, I saw this beer, and it's it's the Defiance Brewing Company, and this is called the Glut, the Gutch. The Gutch. Are we sure that's how we pronounce that? Ah, yes. Because I'm looking at it, and it just says Gooch to me. Gooch. <laughs> it's the <laughs> we Gooch. Were- we were talking about this before the episode, and Glenn has some kind of a weird... I don't know what his upbringing was, but he's got some odd Friends. notions about this. Alright, we'll call it the Gutch for legal purposes. I looked this up, Glenn, and Gutch is a a English term for swallow. To swallow. The verb. Huh. And this is an English-style mild ale, so... Uh, I think we. I think. I think your mind is somewhere other than. Whoa, 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 whoa. So tell me more. So is it just a four-person brewery there? I see uh, a picture of four people. It sounds like it's founded by two people, Matthew Bender and Dylan Sulzer. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, 2010, Hayes, Kansas. Uh, both brewers. They decided to combine forces and create one super brewery in Hayes, Kansas. Um. <laughs> So in early 2014 is when they started to um, to show up in stores in the area. I don't know if you can get this where you're at because we have listeners all over the country. But if you can, all over the uh, world, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll let you know if you should go try this one. Um, but they they I like their their slogan. It's uh, ambitious beer. That's their slogan. Ambitious beer. So this, this is an English style. Is that what you're saying? English style ale. It says English style mild ale. Mild ale. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, this is 
the Gutch. The Gutch? Gooch? The Gutch. The Gutch is. It's the Gutch oven. A uh, alcohol by volume, 5%, and IBU, 13. Okay. English so. style mild ale. Let's crack these open and see, Glenn. So it should be malty. Should be, uh, yeah. you know, the English style. Probably mellow. Yeah. Non hoppy. Cheers. Non threatening. Yeah, well. I wait a minute. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a second sip. Mm-hmm. For you. Huh? It's not bad. It's not bad. I just I'm, I'm trying to figure. It's like drinking Wheaties. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's very specific. Okay, let me say this. This is way better than the Iron Maiden beer. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that was an English style. Exactly. Wasn't it? I'm trying to compare it to something else. That Ten times better. What did we score the Iron Maiden at? Like a five, six? I think I said six and a half. Okay. This is going to be a lot more than that. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. It's on, solid on third drink. I, I like it. I think. <laughs> I think. I think the fact that it's a mild ale is throwing me off. Mm-hmm. Like I understand English style ales. I it's understand. slightly bitter, but like not really. It's like it's like toasty, mm-hmm. like toast. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's good. I like it's their good. logo too. It's a cool logo. Yeah. Very oh, cool. here we go. On the biscuit malt tones. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a biscuit. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. Weird. Mm-hmm. But is it a British biscuit or is it an American, American biscuit? biscuit? I don't know. Do you put gravy on it or do you drink it with tea? This maybe is the both. question. Go, whoa, well, maybe maybe you do. Uh, okay, I, I, I kind of like this. this I like is, it too. I'm liking this. It's not a. It's not like what I think of when I think of a summer beer. Yeah, it's okay. Well, I, yeah, I, we've been doing a lot of summer beers yeah. and lagers, and they had a they have a golden ale that mm. I almost did, but I just I don't know why I picked this one. I just it seemed to stick out to me that we should because you you wanted you wanted to have the talking point of the gooch. Let me, uh, they, they also have, it's called a willy-nilly, is their golden nail. The willy-nilly is a great name. I think that's, that might be a reference to Willy Wildcat. Oh, gosh. But maybe not. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. Uh, They're Kansas guys. I'm just, maybe, I don't know. Hmm. <clears throat> anyway. Well, that's going to affect my score. Well, <laughs> I, uh, the, on their blog, to their, to their credit, they've got both, uh, uh people at K-State and I see a, a KU. Hmm. Thing there. Well, so. I'm confused. Anyway, um, it's neither here nor there. One of them smoking a stogie, <laughs> which is good. Back, or, totally redeemed himself in and the brewery in a red and blue shirt. There you so go. I assume that that means that that is a KU fan. Who knows? It's like us, Brian. Yeah, KU fan. You're a K State fan, right? We can learn to work together. We can. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, let's get into the MTS score for the Gutch. Uh, all right, beer here. <clears throat> the Gutch or Gooch, however you you know feel like pronouncing it. Uh, all right, so there's like no hops. No, it's 13. 13. 13 okay. IBUs. Could have fooled me. Let me give you the stats. 13 right. IBUs. Mm-hmm. Uh, 5% alcohol by volume. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the price was eight ninety nine. So all right. a little bit more. So it's pretty right. much even Steven all the way around. Yeah. 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 Low in on the hops. If, right. Not that that will affect the score. Okay. Um... It's not like it doesn't blow me away, right? Um, but I do enjoy it. I, I think mm-hmm. it's good. I think. <clears throat> see here. I think I, I think I would give it seven point one. 
Seven point one. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. That seems pretty low to me. But what? Really? Yeah. Where, where are you going with this? Yeah. I would say uh, my mine was going to be higher. Mine was going to be like a seven point seven. Whoa. That's why there's two of us. <sighs> That's right. Yeah. Fire so, and ice, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Wow. You really like this. I think it's pretty good for for that style of beer. I, I'm interested to try some of the other stuff now. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's maybe I'm just I, I don't know maybe I just can't get the, past the name I don't know um, yeah you have maybe just maybe maybe I still have that Iron Maiden yeah lingering could in the be. back of my throat could be I don't know okay Glenn well it's time for the MTS computer to weigh in on this hmm. um, let me type some of these stats in the MTS computer we'll see what what comes out here so let me review so we said it was five percent alcohol by volume yes thirteen IBUs mm-hmm. Uh, we also said the price was eight ninety nine. Yeah, you said uh, seven point one, mm-hmm. and then I said seven point seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's give the MTS computer here to crunch on these numbers, and then it will give us the printout of what the official mustache twist scale score is. The empirical official scientific score for this beer is. Okay. Man, it feels like it's. Does it sound okay? It's MTS? Is it? It's still fine. Okay. It's chugging along. Transistors. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, Did we order a new flux capacitor? <laughs> that's the other machine. Oh. Not the MTS. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. The other machine. Oh, oh. What, what year is this? <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> Uh, okay, Glenn, it's 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 hot off the presses. Okay. Coming off the printer right now. Okay. Uh, and it is a 7.4. Wow. On the MTS scale. Wow. So, there you go. Um, okay, Glenn, well, that's the official empirical MTS score for the Gutch Ale from Defiance Brewing Company. To the Gooch. I am going to, uh, I'm going to check out some more of their beers. And you should, too. You I should try yeah. to check them out. Yeah, don't don't take my. I mean, I guess it was pretty kind of a low score comparatively to what we've been uh, ranking these things at. But well, you know, the MTS is is does the right thing, no matter what. I, I will say this: like when we have a like, if this was, I, I have I have high hopes for this brewery. I think yeah. it's just this particular style. Look, we expect not, a lot. Yeah, Hayes, Kansas. We're not gonna we're not gonna lower our expectations because it's yeah. a brewery. For, look, their their slogan is ambitious beer, Glenn. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. <laughs> then let's get after it. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying, Brian. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to some interesting posts to gentlemen.com last week or so. All right, Brian. Well, first up, we have um, uh, an article here posted by Zombie Cat Bacon, who is mm-hmm. tearing it up mm-hmm. on Gentlemen and has been for the last month or so. This this is a great great article because I've run into this problem. It's called Nine Bourbons That Feel Like Summer. I'll be the first to admit when I go to the liquor store in the summertime when it's hot. Yep. I'm not thinking about buying a bourbon. Right. You're thinking about danger juice. <laughs> right. I'm thinking about making danger juice, which right. is essentially beer and tequila and lime juice. Right. Or beer, like lighter yeah. beers. You know, that's kind of what I do. Yeah. But bourbons kind of gets lost in the shuffle for me. Right. Um, this article is titled Nine Bourbons That Feel Like Summer, and it's on Vine Pear, which I've never, I've not seen this set before. I have, but I don't know where. <laughs> so, probably gentlemen. Probably. Okay. Well, um, and anyway, the article goes on to say, you know, summer isn't just pina coladas and moscatos, all right? It's, yeah. It's, uh, you, can, you can make some uh, 
<clears throat> summery drinks or the like with bourbon mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, the traditional mar- margarita or, you know, something with ice in it, crushed ice. And what caught my eye right away was they have Maker's Mark as number one. Right. That's my favorite bourbon, at least as far as I've tasted. <laughs> I haven't had any Pepe Van Winkle, which is like 20 times, 30 times as expensive as Maker's. But um, yeah, Maker's is good. It goes through a bunch of different bourbons. A lot of these I haven't tried. I've tried Knob Creek. I've tried Pappy Van Winkle, which they don't really even have on the list. They just mentioned it under Maker's Mark. I haven't tried Traverse City, Russell's Reserve, Old Forester, which they list as the best on a budget. Well, we've had Old Forester. We have? Yeah. When did we do that? Well, okay. This is the eighty. This is the Old Forester classic. Um, we've had Old Forester before. Oh. Or I've gotten at least. I haven't. I don't think I've gotten that It's one. solid. It's good. Um, Old Scout sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, in their description of Old Scout, they say, you'll get leather, smoke, and dark fruit. <laughs> it smells like... I mean, <laughs> That doesn't sound like a particularly refreshing uh, summer drink. Ooh, yeah. More leather chaps, leather. <laughs> It's like licking your leather chaps. They say that the best overall, however, is the Hill Rock Solera <laughs> Bourbon, which... I have to say about this list, it sounds like they're a little bit biased towards New York whiskeys, which... Hang on now. New York whiskeys. New York City? Bourbon? That doesn't sound right. It's like a Pace commercial. Uh, This stuff's made in New York City? (laughs) What? (laughs) I I don't know. I just know. And the Hill Rock... The Hill Rock that they list as being number one. Now, granted, I haven't tried this bourbon yet. I'm just going to say that. But it looks... It looks and sounds too highfalutin for me. Yeah, it does. I also have to say about this list is there's one notable exception. Oh, really? You might say it's the granddaddy of all of them. Yeah, uh huh. I noticed that was missing. Uh, There's no mention of old granddad, which I find, uh, quite frankly, offensive. Well, the problem, Brian, is that this article is talking about bourbons that feel like summer. And really, if there was an article about bourbons that feel like success... Mm. It'd be old granddad, and yeah. oh, wait, that'd be the only bourbon, right? Mm. Uh, so anyway, well, um, yeah, I don't know. Are there any on here that stuck out to you that you wanted? I haven't had Knob Creek in a while. I might give that a shot again. I don't know if I, I want to. I, I was interested in the old Scout. That sounded interesting. I think I've heard of the old Scout before. the The Knob Creek. I mean, I've had Knob Creek before, but this is yeah. the straight bourbon. Um, or is that their is that their normal? This is this is the problem with the bourbon explosion. Back in yep. my day, there were nine bourbons. <laughs> that was it. There was nine. And yep. now there's 70 or 100. I don't know how mm-hmm. many there are at my local liquor store. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I wish there was just nine bourbons again. Because, you know, you, you uh, sure, you your options are limited. But then you get to try them all, find the one you like, and settle on that. And then you're just set for the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. Fortunately, you know, unlike kids these days, I grew up in that environment, so I was able to settle on old granddad. I don't need to. I don't need to look. I don't need to try all these other bourbons. I've, I found the one. Yep. Why? Why try to? Why try to go away from the the one you love? Why would you leave the one you love, Glenn? If you can't be with the one you love, Brian. Well, I can be with her anytime <laughs> I want. All it takes is a short little drive down to the liquor store. <laughs> 
Uh, well, anyway, <laughs> this this list this is a great list. Um, yeah, I to to your point when they say the best overall is this New York highfalutin. Yeah, it's like it forgot it wasn't scotch. Yeah, you know, it's like it's trying to be scotch. It looks yeah, just just it's bourbon. Bourbon's it, like a backwoods. You know, it's made yeah. in Kentucky. It's it's got this it's got this highfalutin <clears throat> logo and a seal on it. It's a cork. It's a square bottle. It looks like Crown. It looks like a you know mm-hmm. Canadian whiskey bottle. There you go. This is America. That's right. Uh, I I would say the one I would be most interested in trying is the Eagle Rare, which is from Buffalo Trace. And, oh, and um, since it's kind of like a darker, um, interesting, complex, heavy chocolate flavor, which mm-hmm. would kind of be interesting. But I mean, what's more American than an Eagle, Ryan? It's true. Okay, Glenn. Well, maybe we'll have to try the Eagle Rare and the Old Forester. Mm. Well, you said we already tried the Old Forester, so maybe we'll try the... I've uh, tried the Old Forester, I'm pretty sure. Old Scout. Old Scout. Yep. We'll, we'll have to... We have to take, yeah, we'll have to take those into consideration. It's true. Brian, this is the food and drink... Um, yeah, apparently, episode. Episode. Well, this is good. We're leading up to 4th of July. That's right. So you can kind of do some of this stuff. Grab, you know, do some of these things. Grab some of the, the drinks that we're talking about. Totally intentional. And you'll be all set, Glenn. This The next thing we're going to talk about is a, posted by our good friend, our legendary friend. He's like uh, Norman Shears. You know what I mean? It's like, what? Norm and Shears? Oh, Norman. I just said Norman Shears. It's like, <laughs> who is Norman Shears? <laughs> You know Norman. That <laughs> Norman. one guy, you know. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, no, I, they, actually, Razorback is nothing like Norman. Cheers, but it's just somebody that every time I go to gentleman.com, sometimes you got to go where everybody knows your name. And Razorback's one of those guys. When I go to the site, I'm like, I, it's like a warm blanket, you know. I'm like, oh, Razorback posted this or that. Like, that's got to be a good link, you know. He is like a warm blanket. Yeah. I've met the man. I've mm-hmm. shook his hand. Yeah. Wow. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not like a actual <laughs> warm blanket. I didn't hug him, so. He didn't like spoon me or anything. Uh, what kind of a what kind of a meeting was this? <laughs> it was lunch. <laughs> Just lunch. Uh, let's okay. No, no, so, Razorback's a good dude. Yeah, he's awesome. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> anyway, anyway, so he posted this this awesome tag, and it's perfect for this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called "Why You Should Grill Your Burgers in a Cast Iron Skillet." And at first, then I was like, "Wait a second. Wait, so you're saying not on a grill? Yep. What the heck? What this is like?" This isn't. This, this can't is be real. communist. Exactly. Yeah. This is, what is this? Some Russian uh, Putin article or something yeah, like we, that? <laughs> we were about to delete Razorback's account. <clears throat> but anyway, like no. that. So this is this is from Epicurious. They've been trying to figure out the answer to the issue of grilled burgers, mm. and the issue that they say the the problem with grilled burgers is that all of the delicious juices from the burgers when you're grilling them over a grill fall off the burger and into the grill and they cause flare-ups yep. and basically they'll overcook the outside of your burger. Mm-hmm. You lose all the flavor and tenderness of the burger, all that stuff. Um, but then if you don't put, cook it on a grill, you lose all the smokiness and the flavor of the of cooking them on the grill. Of a flame, yeah. So what are you to do? Well, the answer that they propose is quite controversial. Mm. This is going to divide the gentleman community, I would Yet imagine. Yet again. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could have been the hot button topic. I'll tell you that much. What they say you should do <laughs> is to grab your cast iron skillet, which I know everybody out there has, mm-hmm. um, and put your burgers in there, and then put that on the grill. Make it to one thousand degrees, 
and uh, then grill up your burgers. One one thousand. Yeah, I believe um, that's what they say. Yeah. Actually, don't do that. That that might our lawyers are advising us that that's a bad idea. That was a that was just a joke. Please don't try to set your grill for a thousand degrees and make hamburgers on it. <laughs> okay, it will proceed. explode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I uh, I actually made hamburgers with a skillet three days ago. Really? Yep. On your grill? Nope. Oh, inside. Yep. Okay. I ran out of propane. I was like, oh, oh. no. And, and mm-hmm. Lynn was like, you know, just grill them in the skillet. And I was like, oh yeah. I should go. I should. Okay, I'll try yeah. this out. Well, mm-hmm. when I first saw this article, I didn't. I didn't read it. I oh. uh, so I thought it was just a, a debate between grill versus skillet, oh. and I didn't realize that it was a beautiful marriage. Yeah, of the two, the two concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like burgers on a skillet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't. They're not. They don't taste smoky, but you do. It is way easier to cook. Yeah, on one hand. Mm-hmm. And you also don't have the flare-ups. Yeah, you're not, you know, accidentally making charcoal briquettes, right? Um, which can happen quickly. Yeah. Um, so I, but what I what I did was made butter burgers. You put butter in the pan first, and then, oh man, it was awesome. I, I enjoyed it. So I can only imagine adding smoke and that kind of dry heat to the to the mix would only improve it i when i first glanced over this article i thought the same same thing you did was like if you're grilling your burgers on the grill you're doing it wrong right but you know so i but i laura made a steak in the skillet uh about a month ago yeah and it was incredible yeah yeah i mean we've had this debate too so i'm thinking grill yeah yeah steak even maybe check that out i don't know i don't know brian i think you need to do this and report back well maybe i should i don't know maybe i'll beat you to it but this sounds like a really good concept because you get to keep the all the juice from the burgers kind of mixed in there with the mm-hmm. with the thing while it's cooking mm-hmm. there's no like crazy fire that singes the outside of the burgers it seems like kind of a no-brainer i don't know <clears throat> you can file this under everybody wins yeah. So anyway, I appreciate and I laud their ability to dive into this and really get to the heart of the problem and try to like try to find a solution. You know, right, wrong, or whatever. At least they're trying. It's forward thinking. Exactly. Yep. At least they're not just saying, "Look, burgers suck on the grill. <laughs> burgers suck on a skillet." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, they, I, they, they've got a problem. They're, they're trying to solve it. They're, exactly. They're proposing a solution. So anyway, all right. Well, anybody out there, you know, I might try this. Fourth of July is coming up. It might be a good time to try some of this. So we, I might get to it. I don't know. We'll see. But if anybody else out, out there does this, get in touch with us. Let us know. Mm-hmm. Hit us up with the P.O. Box. The P.O. Or howdyagentleman.com. Send us a picture. Send us a Polaroid. Mm-hmm. P.O. Box 442305, Lawrence, Kansas, mm-hmm. 66044. Okay, Glenn. All right. Rounding out the tax for this week mm-hmm. is yet another post by... Zombie cat bacon. Oh, uh, yes. He's bringing the heat. All right. And I... Or the cool. Or the cool. Uh, which is also welcome this yes, summer. it's true. Now that it's actually summer and it stopped raining for about five days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the, the next the next hack we're going to talk about is the eight items you need to eat to really understand charcuterie. We have a local charcuterie in town. Open up maybe half a year ago, a year ago. Yeah, and it's and it seems like it's doing really well. Let me let me back up. Oh, okay. I've been going to a local charcuterie for like decades, basically. Re- really? Yeah. Is it just called a butcher shop? No, it's oh, called okay. Subway. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll have the uh, I'll have the soprasada. Yeah, exactly. Sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that head cheese? When, when or did provolone? You make okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, Glenn. Well, Gross. no, but seriously, we do have a local Lawrence charcuterie now, and I had no idea what that term meant. Yeah, Apparently, I didn't know how to it say it. Cold meats. See, this is the problem with French. I'm guessing it's a French word. Yeah, I think so. Probably. I mean, I'll, I'll, so if you go to the article, it's on uh, draftmag.com. I don't know anything about draftmag. But they, they go over, you know, it uh, looks like eight different things that you should, oh, eight items you need to eat to really understand charcuterie. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, char, uh, the, the, the concept of charcuterie is just like, um, especially meats, right? Like, uh, it, 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 I, I guess in the example of our It's local, cold. They're cold. They're like. They're all cold? They're okay. cold meats. That's what the term means. Okay. It's like. It, whether they've been like pre-cooked or whatever, cured. but the, yeah, cured. But mm-hmm. they're they're served cold. <sighs> yeah. So, um, so many of these I've never heard of. Um, I have heard of number three salami. I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. I like that cold. That's good. I have not had pate. No, and that sounds terrible to me. Well, does it sound terrible, or have we just been conditioned from Ace Ventura? <laughs> Remember where he goes to the bathroom. And he says the toilet, you know, he comes out and his legs all, and he's like, I think it was the bad day. <laughs> That's true. That, okay. Maybe it just gets a bad rap. It sounds right. disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, Prosciutto. I've yeah, had that before. I've heard of that. Yep. Me, you know, Soprasada. I've actually had a Soprasada pizza before I knew what it was. Mm-hmm. And they say Soprasada is just dried salami, blah, blah, blah. But I'm pretty positive that. I had the head cheese pizza. Ugh. It was, it was. I, I I did not like it. Um, and I like to try exotic things. I'm not you know stuck in my ways when it comes to food. I'll try anything once, which is why I tried it. Did not did not like the soprasada. Felt it kind of tasted like um, hamburger snot. <laughs> That's kind of what it. That's kind of what it tasted like. Let me, Texture. Let me read their description of head cheese. Okay. Meat boiled from a hog's head is seasoned and recombined with the broth it was cooked in. Mm-hmm. Gelatin derived from the bones hardens it into a rich cheese-like sausage. Yeah. If you if you watch any cooking show, if you watch any chef thing where they're talking about head cheese, they go nuts for it. Like oh. they love that stuff because. Every single one will tell you that the head cheese is the best meat on the the animal. Most, oh. you know, nine times out of ten, I can't get on board with that. Give me any other cut. I don't. I think seven of these eight things sound terrible. <laughs> Brian, what do you think lardo is? Uh... <laughs> oh, wow! It's it's pig back fat, mm. basically. Mm-hmm. That sounds that sounds appealing. Uh, what about this? Mm-hmm. Bresseola. Salted air-dried beef aged 60 to 90 days. Hmm. The beef becomes hard and nearly purple. Nothing at all like jerky because beef features fat marbled within the muscle instead of a big cap of fat like pork. Mm-hmm. Beef cures quickly and retains a lot of meaty carpaccio-like behavior, like flavor. So it's basically like beef... Beef sauerkraut, purple purple beef, beef sauerkraut. Yeah, buried underground for a while, let it mold up. Oh, dude, I don't know. 
I mean, I get. I think I'll. I think if I didn't know, if I think if I went to the charcuterie and was just like, "Hey, what's that? Let me try some." Didn't know anything about it. Right. I'd probably like it more. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm reading the descriptions, yeah, uh, prosciutto is good enough. I mean, I've I'll, never been. Um, I've never been a big fan of it, and not because of what it is, just because. Also, are all are all these pork products mostly oh, chicken? Chicken, the pate, yeah, of course. Mostly, um, I was reading about this, and apparently, it's it's. A lot of it's mostly pork, but people incorrectly assume that a charcuterie only is supposed to be pork stuff. Mm. It can be, I guess, apparently any kind of meat. Mm. So, um, this stuff's really, really fatty. If you like fat, this is your thing. I'm gonna, this- I'm gonna stick to the sandwich artist <laughs> down at Subway, man. <laughs> I, I can't. This is, I can't do this kind of stuff. I do not do well with this kind of stuff. You and I are going to take on a walk on the wild side, go down to charcuterie. Uh, if like if I if I need to do it, if I have to do it, I can do it. Maybe order a gooch. I can't. I don't. I don't know if I can do the head cheese. <laughs> I don't know if I, dude. I seriously, I I don't have a weak. I don't have a weak stomach for most things, but food stuff can really <laughs> cause me some problems. <laughs> I mean, if I if I get it in my head that something is purple meat. That's got to be it right there. Uh, then it's... Uh, I don't know if I can handle it. I really don't. So when my brother came back from his year-long travel with his fiance, mm-hmm. they uh, they bought this salami. No, what was it? Some kind of sausage in France. No wrapping on it. Nothing. Just the skin that it would... And <laughs> kept it at room temperature. Probably warmer, actually. Probably got pretty warm. Because <laughs> they were in tropical climates at one point. Mm. And we're, you know... They had it all along the way. Yeah. And uh, we ate it. But the whole time I was eating it, I don't know. There's just something about things that have been at room temperature for a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, mm. I don't know, would otherwise spoil. What makes you yeah. so yeah. special here? Yeah. Why Why haven't you turned? Right. Uh, you know, he, he, he's touching the outside. I mean, I don't know. You can't wash it because it's just meat. You can't wash the meat. It was like, like keep it in his sock or something. <laughs> this bear is chasing me. Oh. Got a panther after me. Oh. Uh, yep. Okay. Uh, I mean. I don't know. It was good. It was actually pretty good sausage, but. Mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> something about the, the idea of where it comes from. Yes. You know, I don't know. But I will say, this is, a lot of people really like the charcuterie thing. I need to give it a fair shake. You know, because you could, we, we're poo-pooing this, but if you go and read the ingredients and go to a hot dog factory, you know. Blissful ignorance. Yeah, I know. Please, no one, don't post any articles about how hot dogs are made. <laughs> right. I don't want to know. Right. Because yeah. if I knew, then I wouldn't. It's, wouldn't it's way better than a hot dog. So, yeah. in, in my mind. Yeah. Could be. But, uh... But yeah, so there you go. Okay, those are the texts this week or so that have been uh, kicking it around on on gentlemen and really uh, making some waves. So we thank you all for posting. Yeah, if your tack was not listed this week, do not despair. I'm sure it was awesome. We can't pick everything that's posted, namely because it's you know we, we can only pick three. We can only pick three, and we yeah. can't talk about them all. So exactly. Okay, Glenn. Well, it's time for the toast this week. Mm. Um, and last week we talked about Christopher Lee. And his unfortunate passing. And mm. this week again, we have to talk about somebody that's passed away. Um, we got the breaks. It's it's terrible, man. I mean that you know these people that are in these movies that we love or 
you know, whatever. And have they all been actors recently? I, well, a lot of them have been. Yeah. You know? uh, but anyway, this guy's name uh, is Rick Dukamon. Mm-hmm. And you might not know Rick when I say his name. Partially because we don't know how to pronounce the last name. I think it's Dukamon. Dukamon. Dukamon or Dukamon. But Brian, how, how would we know him um, so, better? But, so this guy is an 80s and, and mid-90s actor. He's a comedian. Um, he's the guy that shuts down the power grid in Die Hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He is a bar fly in Groundhog's Day. Yep. Groundhog Day. Um, but most notably, mm-hmm. our favorite, one of our favorite movies of all time that Glenn and I talk about <laughs> at least once a week, Glenn and I bring up this movie. Uh, he's the nosy neighbor in The Burbs. And apparently, Rick beat out Rick Moranis to play that part in The Burbs. A fellow Canadian. Which is pretty impressive. I mean, Rick Moranis is a force to be reckoned with in the... And you think about Rick Moranis in that movie, it would be easy for them to go with Rick Moranis. Mm-hmm. But Rick makes the our rick rick duckerman mm-hmm. makes that movie awesome yeah he does without that movie or without rick that movie would be not i wouldn't even care about that movie without this guy probably not i mean tom tom hanks would have had to do a lot of the the work himself. it's all based and, off of rick yeah i mean the whole thing is, kind of yeah uh in the movie He's he the plays instigator. art he plays art in the movie is the, the character's name mm-hmm. and art is yeah he's the instigator he's the guy he's kind of the foil he's like tom hanks is is kind of like the main character but he's like art is pushing his buttons the whole the whole movie yeah and it kind of sets the whole dynamic up and everything between those two guys is what makes the burbs awesome if you haven't seen the burbs you need to go get that movie and you need to watch it because it's uh, it's one of the best 80s comedy movies uh, one of the best comedy movies of all time glenn, glenn and i yep Talk about this movie all the time, and it's it's fantastic, man. And <laughs> it's so it's quintessential eighties movie. Yeah, it really is. The whole thing. Oh, oh who else is in it? Uh, Corey Feldman, uh, Carrie Fisher, Carrie Fisher. Yeah, yeah. Princess yeah. Lee is in it. Um, yeah, as a mom. It's, yeah, it's a little mind welding there. Um, but the director of the Burbs actually said that the most of the funny stuff that. Uh, Rick's character said in the movie was ad-libbed by him. He just, you know, put it out there. Yeah, was he part of like a stand-up troupe or something? Yeah, I think he was part of, I don't know, I want to say maybe Second City or something like that. I think so. I think I remember, because wasn't Rick Rannis in Second City? Yeah, he was. Yeah, they were, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he did stand-up stuff, and he was in a bunch of other movies. He was in Spaceballs. Yep. Was he the chewy like i don't remember which character he played in Spaceballs, but i know he was in that he was in scary movie i mean he's been in a lot of different kind of different kind of stuff but the verbs is the one that i always think about and i forgot he had been in ground dog day and die hard but those are some other pretty big movies that he had a significant part in um so anyway glenn i just wanted to bring it up he sadly he passed away of diabetes uh 62 and man, uh, really it's a early. bummer, man, when, you know, like these guys, like we were talking about last week with Christopher Lee, and he's in one of my favorite movies, and The Burbs is like one of my favorite movies of all time, and his part in there is amazing. Like, Yeah. Uh, so he was a fantastic actor. I wish he would have been in more stuff. I wish he would have, I would have seen more stuff that he's been in, but, um, you know, The Burbs is enough. That's, you know, maybe you only get to do one or two really good uh, movies in your career, and that's, that's, that's enough. So, he, yeah. he will be missed. He will, will be missed. As Brian eloquently said on the day that he passed, if if you had a flag in your front yard, it would be at half mast. If I had a flag, it would be at half mast for Rick. Mm-hmm. 
he means that much to me. So cheers, Rick. Cheers. <laughs> well, that's really anticlimactic. <laughs> Two cans clinking. Uh, anyway, okay, Glenn. Well, let's let's pump it up. I'm, I'm getting yeah. all Ooh. getting all misty eyed here. You know, how can we do that, Brian? <clears throat> well, Glenn, it's time for the. Topic. Um, this week, Glenn Taylor Swift, mm. aka Tay Tay. People call her that? I think so. Do you call her that? I just did. <laughs> um, Taylor Swift. She she got all upset at Apple because Apple said they're not going to pay artists. Or record companies during the time where they give people three free months of Apple Music. And Taylor Swift said, "Uh uh-uh, no thanks. I am going to stand up for this, so I'm going to write a Tumblr post all about how I think you suck, Apple. Mm -hmm. Talk to the hand. That's basically what (laughs) she said. And so then Apple... Objection, Your Honor. Prosecution is leading... So then, so then Apple was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We can't have Taylor Swift writing a blog post about us." No, no. So they immediately called her and said, "We've changed our minds. We're gonna, we are gonna pay artists. Uh, we're gonna pay them a little bit less than we, when we were." Blah, blah, blah. But then uh, <laughs> we are gonna, we are gonna pay them. So then they they changed Apple's reverse course and did what Taylor Swift wanted. And what did Taylor say? She said, "They listened to us. Thank you." Did Apple. she really have something to say after that? That's basically it. She okay. said, oh, thanks. Great. They listened to us. Yeah. Everyone back to your work. So anyway, Glenn, <clears throat> what do you think about this? Well, this is certainly certainly a hot-button topic. You know, the, 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 the ongoing drama that is big record companies and these big platforms like Spotify, streaming, streaming, streaming platforms, music streaming platform. music that you don't specifically pay per song for. Right. And then the artists. Mm-hmm. And how does it all fit together? This is this is a we got the makings, Brian. We got the makings for a frothy, a frothy topic here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I okay. Here's what I think. <clears throat> Apple would not have done this. They would not have made the decision to reverse course had they not figured out that it would help them in some way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not just gonna say, oh, you know. Taylor Swift said, "Blah blah 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 blah." Yeah, they're gonna do it if it makes sense to them, and right. if it didn't, they wouldn't have done it. Right? They don't care. Right? Because Taylor Swift has done this before with Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, I know her music isn't on Spotify or any other streaming music providers, and she's like one of three or five, maybe ten artists in the entire world that can pull this off mm-hmm. because they have their own fan bases, basically. Right. I, I I guess I understand where where she's coming from a little bit. Um, if if you were an artist and expected to be paid for music, and Apple's like, oh well, we're not going to pay you for the first three months because we're Apple, deal with it. On one hand, I could see where that'd make a lot of people angry, but on the other hand, it's their platform, and if you don't want to swim in their pool, you could just get out. And I think that's the whole issue: is that if you don't like it, just go somewhere else. Yeah, that was, and that's kind of what she did in a way. <sighs> You know so, how I feel about this, Glenn? Uh, <laughs> you should have gone first. I am so pissed what? about this. Oh, Brian. I'm so pissed about this. I oh, hang on. 
This, you know what this is? Mm. This is musicians not understanding business in any way, mm-hmm. shape, or form. Yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah. The more people they have on their service, it's the long tail, man. It's the mm-hmm. whole long tail thing. You know what I mean? If you are Taylor Swift, it may not matter to you. But if you're an independent artist or some like somewhat kind of big artist, it, it, it's going to be a big deal. It's mm-hmm. going to be a major, major deal. I personally, if I was an independent artist... I would have no problem with giving my stuff away for three months. To you sign up for through three months, use a service you don't like it, go away. That's fine. But people are going to pay for this service, and right. it's a huge platform. It's going to be pre-installed on everyone in America's phone. You know what I mean? Basically, yeah, yeah. So, well, half half of America's. Well, I mean, whatever the percentage of Apple yeah, users are, or and the Android users that want to use Apple Music. That's true because yes. they'll have a larger catalog than anybody else. Basically. Right. So. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I don't see the issue really. I've always people were up in arms about it. Like, how can you give my music away for three months and not pay me? And it's like, uh, have you heard of YouTube? Yeah. <laughs> they, Do you have music videos on YouTube? Taylor Swift does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's that whole stat about how many people actually listen, just listen to music on YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can find just about anything on YouTube. Yeah. Live shows, stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I think the thing is too, Brian. If I may jump on your side of the the, the argument here, this was money that wasn't going to be theirs anyway. Exactly. This is a completely new revenue stream for artists. Mm -hmm. So if they didn't have it for three months, they weren't going to have it anyway. Right. With the promise of more subscribers. Every high tide raises all all ships. That's right. You know. That's right. Everybody's in for more of a payday. That's right. And this is all lumped in with the like Taylor Swift says that streaming music devalues music. That's what she says. She is big because of streaming music. Yeah. I would I would think. She's big because of radio, which also doesn't pay her a dime. Right. And YouTube. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They pay royalties, Brian. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. I want to see, you know, all these artists come out and they say how much they made from streaming music uh-huh. and how tiny it is. I want to see their radio royalties. Mm-hmm. I want to see them. Because I would, I would almost... Guarantee dollars to donuts mm-hmm. that those royalties from from radio stations are less than what they make from streaming music. Yes, I, I would even after the record company gets their cut because that's the real issue. Right, there's a middleman. Yeah, it's, it's the weirdest thing because I I was telling you that I went to a David Bazan concert. Yeah, and he had this whole thing. About how he was anti-streaming and none of his stuff is ever going to be on a streaming service and that's not really music and people that listen to it are taking advantage of artists and all this stuff. And it was all BS, man. Uh, it was it was completely ridiculous. I mean, if you look at the problem with the streaming services and what they pay out to the artists, all the money is going to the record labels. Right. So the streaming people are paying 70% of the money that they get paid, 70% goes to the the rights holders of the music. Which has been happening since 19... Like, yeah. 30? Yeah. <laughs> but, 20? I mean, like, so they're paying 70% of the money over to the people that own the rights to the music. The problem with David Bazan is that somebody else owns the rights to his music. Right. If he owned it and people played his music, he would get paid for it. In exchange for, distribute, for distributing that music. Right. Exactly. So, so how is it any different? Anyway, so, yeah, and that's the thing, is, like, it's technology, and it's scary, and I'm surprised that 
somebody, I mean, I don't know how old Taylor Swift is. I assume she's like 22 or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Mid-20s, I guess. I'm surprised that somebody that has probably their whole career should be owed to technology Mm -hmm. and the advances in stuff like iTunes and uh, Pandora, radio stations, lots of different outlets that are all dependent on technology. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm surprised that she doesn't look at this and say this is a this is a great opportunity to have a new platform. Yes, I want to be a part of it. I don't like the terms, but I want to be a part of it. And that's the thing. The thing that you mentioned is this is you don't have to be a part of it if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. If you don't like if you don't like the fact that you're you're that for three months the person that's trying out the service can listen to a song of yours for free, then don't be on it. Yeah. At what point do people think that, like Taylor Swift, what point does she think that it's okay to dictate the terms for all people in the music industry because she doesn't like it? You're still going to make more money because it's a new platform, way bigger audience. You could even have promotional opportunities on this service that you've never had before. Well, and isn't that the big thing about... The new services that the new streaming services with Apple is that the the recommendations are supposed to be really really good. Yeah, like it's supposed to dig because that's a big rub with like I use RDO, but there's also mm. Spotify and that yeah. the, the recommendations are yeah kind of weird. Yeah, it just I don't seems even like pay to play like the five artists. Yeah, um, I, I like if you if you hit autoplay or whatever they seem right. to play the last song whatever you play and they're like oh uh <laughs> two other artists like this and play everything they have right yeah and it seems like apple would probably do the right thing and figure this out sooner yeah. or later anyway mm-hmm. dig up some of these smaller people that would yeah. potentially get more more fans right you know? plus another another platform to get it's like gentlemen do we want people just from twitter to come to our website right do we want people on facebook as well right you know, email, whatever. You know, like, yeah. It's all about casting your net out there, and yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, you're right. It's another platform. It'll, I, you know, there's a lot of promotional opportunities available as a service that aren't available with other services. Personally, I think Spotify and RDO. I mean, I use RDO too. Mm-hmm. I, I use Spotify a little bit because at first I had a bigger catalog, but it was just kind of. I didn't, I didn't like the li- social. I, yeah, I don't like that. I didn't like that as much, um, so I stick with RDO, but it things need to be shaken up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, RDO doesn't even have a reliable search. Yeah. Like, when I search for something, you have to say it exactly, and if it if you don't spell it out exactly, and frankly, some artists' names and stuff like that, they're hard to, off the top of your head, be able to make exactly right, and if I don't do it exactly right, it'll say nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, just stuff like that, it's like when you're looking for music, you want to be able to find it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how Spotify is. I would assume it's probably not that much better. So uh, I'm excited about some big tech company like Apple getting into this space. And I guess, you know, to an extent, Google's already been there. Uh, but I don't know anybody that uses that service. I think I think Android users probably do. I, I mean, I don't yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I, I think I think, you know, who wins, Brian? The consumer. Yeah. That's who wins. Yeah. I think ultimately the artist. Uh, oh, yeah. I think so, too. It's definitely better. Yeah. How can it be any worse? The more people that sign up for streaming services, because that's clearly where everything's going. I don't know about you, but I still buy LPs. Yeah. Well, I do too, actually. Actually, actually my brother yeah. would slap me right now because he buys a lot of LPs. Well, I have like 150 sitting behind me. Right. But, but 
those are used and they don't get and they're not and they're not they're not records you're just like in the record store like uh this one right wait wait wait. no 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 no. uh taylor swift yep Yep. this one right uh no i i think it's going to be streaming music and the more people that sign up every month that's more money going in artist pockets regardless of what people want to say about it it's true you look at the dynamics of it uh, they're paying 70%, or in case of Apple, 71.5% hmm. to artists, so or to the rights holders, whoever that is. And then I hate the fact that Apple acquiesced to this. It makes me sick to my stomach to think about them, you know, oh, we're so sorry, Taylor. Yeah, we're, we changed our mind. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, it, again, I think it was a calculated move. I think they said, all right, here are our options. Right. We can eat eat the royalties these first three months, right. pay the artists, and look good in the eye of the public. We can ignore it, mm-hmm. or we can say, no, we're Apple, we'll do whatever we want. Right. And I think that was kind of the old way of doing things. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I like the old way of doing things. Yeah. I was thinking about how Steve Jobs <laughs> Steve would never... Would, Steve would be, you know, pimp slapping somebody. He'd come out and say, somebody. no, this is why, and yeah. this is why it's better. And yeah. if you don't understand, then that's too bad. Yeah. Maybe someday you will. Yeah, I will. I would respect that answer too. Yeah, but I, I think at the end of the day, I don't think. I think when it, at the end of the day, I don't think it'll make a difference. Here's what they Apple. ended up doing, which was option three, which okay. was they told everybody they were going to pay during that time. What they didn't say was how much. <laughs> so they haven't they haven't said what the terms are going to be, but it's not going to be Here's the, your quarter. the full seventy one percent. Yeah, that they would because it's coming out of their pockets, which is still better than nothing. Exactly. So yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Brian, you were you were all worked up about this? <sighs> I was so pissed. I'm so tired about hearing about this from artists, you know, especially people like Taylor Swift. I mean, she she said it wasn't because whatever she she's rich as heck. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like she's super rich. Like she doesn't have to worry about this stuff. Yeah, and I, I she shouldn't be, you know, making this public statement like all the independent artists are going to suffer for this music. This is going to be great for independent artists. And the, the sooner that independent artists understand that, the better they'll be off. Has she career. ever been an independent artist? I don't know. doesn't seem like it. I mean, I don't think so. I don't, I, know. I don't know. I'm talking... I have no idea. I have no idea either. I'm guessing a quick trip to Wikipedia would, would, would solve don't this. Care. Really yeah, don't care. Yeah, would, it would expend energy. I don't yeah. really care enough about it. But yeah, I, 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 at the end of the day, I really don't care. I just want the streaming service to come out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think it'll be like radio... I think eventually everybody will be clamoring to get on. You know, everybody, everybody. Yeah. It was the be all end all. You had to get right. on radio to get discovered. Right. And these are going to be the new radio yeah, stations. Terms. Yeah. Basically. And yeah. except you're going to get paid for it. Yeah. It's going to be like radio and selling your music. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Anyway, Glenn. All right. Well. It's the Gooch talking, people. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, Which, by the way, Brian, if I may interject, the second beer in, I like it more than. Too late. I know. I'm it's not going to take. Late. I'm going to stand by it. But I'm saying, it's a, it's a decent beer. Yeah, it's a good beer. Um, well, I may have caught may have caught it on a bad time. Mm. I'll still stand by it. Mm. I still think the average is good. What it came out to be, but it's a it's a it's a tasty <clears throat> brew. Yeah. Um, okay, Glenn. It's time for the question for the gentleman mailbag. Okay. What have, what have we got this week, Glenn? Uh, this is an interesting question. Okay. Um, who is the most famous person that you've ever interacted with? Well, I gave Michael Jordan a high five. No, you didn't. I did too. When? Oh, oh you don't, okay. 
In the uh, late 90s, there was an exhibition game played at Allen Fieldhouse. Um, Bulls versus Supersonics. I think it was 97 or mm. 6, something like that. Wow. Yeah. MJ. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's pretty impressive. He shook my hand. He said, how are you, young man? How are you doing? Uh, what can I do for you? No, he didn't. He like <laughs> kind of like... I mean, everybody was like, yeah, yeah. The, it's, it was the, they were running onto the court, you know, to mm-hmm. go warm up and the fans, there wasn't good crowd control there. Oh yeah. Fans were like squeezing it in and he just kind of, you know, yeah. like put his head down and try to hide behind people and run, right. run through the crowd as quickly as he could. But, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I reached out, got his hand. <laughs> you better believe he's my favorite player of all time. You know, yeah. you're sixth grade or seventh grade. Mm-hmm. But Brian... That doesn't really count. Mm. I, however, I did. Maybe we've talked about this on the podcast, but I got to I got to hang out with Jack Johnson, uh, the artist Jack mm. Johnson, the current artist, not the blues artist from the '30s. Maybe <laughs> that would be weird. Uh, yeah, that was a weird dream. <laughs> um, no, I got to hang out with Jack Johnson for an hour and a half or so. So it was cool. Mm-hmm. When, what was the story behind that? Uh, I w- I was. Uh, it was interesting, actually. I, so, I, my freshman year at KU uh, was like the first year that Jack Johnson got big. Mm-hmm. And there's a girl on my floor. It was co-ed floor. And she, we were friends. And she was like, hey, uh, I know you like music. Do you want to go see... you want to go to the Jack Johnson concert? And I was like, oh, man. I love Jack Johnson. He's like my, one of my favorite artists. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, oh, cool. Well, I can get his tickets. It's like, oh, that'd, that'd be great. And she's like, yeah, my cousin's the drummer. And I was like, oh, That'd be awesome. She's like, yeah, I think we'll actually get to hang out backstage. I was like, okay, this is incredible. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, got to hang out with Jack and talk with him. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Where was the show at? Well, it was at, it was at um, Starlight Theater. Oh, okay. Right. And uh, he, 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 he did what many people do when they come to Kansas City, Missouri, mm-hmm. is say, you know, something about, you know, Kansas, Kansas being right. in Kansas, and he gets booed because... Right. It's Missouri, even though it says Kansas City, and yeah. and he comes off stage. He's like, "Hey, where were you guys at? How was I supposed to know this? Is, <laughs> how was I supposed to know I'm in Missouri when it says Kansas City?" He's like, "I'm from Hawaii, <laughs> you know." Yeah. So, but he was a cool guy. He's really nice, like really down to earth guy. Yeah. Um, and he didn't, you know, wasn't. He it, it was he was just cool. He would have a conversation. And, yeah. And uh, yeah. Cool. Mm. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying to think about this, and there's only three people that came to my mind. Oh, okay. Four, three instances of people that came to my mind. And I'm sure I'm forgetting about something, because I'm sure I've, I don't know. It seems like I, it seems like I had more stories than this, but I only have a few that sort. Um, one time I was on in New York, I walked by Paul Simon in oh. Times Square. Uh, but I didn't interact with him really. Other than to like nudge the person I was with and be like, "That's Paul Simon." He's right. You know? <laughs> I was one of those guys, but I didn't want to draw too much attention to myself Paul because Simon, you know, yeah. But I mean, you know, it was like one of those things where I was like, I have to point out to this person I'm with that this is Paul Simon yep. that we're walking by right now. Yep. You know, but I'm glad I didn't say something to him because uh, I've read articles about him since then and talk about what a big jerk he is. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I never would have guessed that. Well, apparently he's pretty, he's kind of a evil jerk. 
Basically. Evil? Well, I that's that's what that's what like how like, yeah, like, I can't imagine this. I don't know. Seems like a likable little guy. Well, for one, Art Garfunkel does, oh. has some issues with the guy. Well, <laughs> it'd be like if uh, Gentleman broke up, Brian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you might have some issues with me. Yeah, exactly. What? Uh, well, okay. I guess I'm not. I guess I'm not. I choose to look on the. I, I don't. Uh, I don't think he's evil, but I've heard that he's he's kind of a jerk about stuff. Like if you see him in New York and you want to say, "Hey, Mr. Garfunkel," or yeah. I'm sorry, Mr. Mr. Simon, you know, can I get an autograph? Can I get a selfie? Whatever he would probably say spit no. on me. Wow, spit. Well, I don't know. I I just I've heard some I've heard some some things about this guy. Hmm. So anyway, I that I you know, I think he noticed me pointing him out, and I think he was a little, like a little. I don't think he was very pleased about it. Just let me say that. <laughs> so, but <laughs> uh, one cool react or interaction I had with somebody that was famous. Mm-hmm. Was the guitar player from Rage Against the Machine? Oh, Tom Morello. Tom Morello, yeah. Um, back when Rage Against the Machine, this would have been in the like late early two thousands, I want to say. So they were big. Yeah, they were. Or they were right there. They were right there. They were. They were. They were big. But the thing about Rage Against the Machine was no one really <clears throat> like they didn't have videos where they were like getting a lot of FaceTime, so no one really knew what they looked like. Mm. But because I was a guitar player, I had been reading about Tom Morello. Guitar Player Magazine. Yeah, or something like that. Yep. And so I knew exactly what he looked like. Yep. So I was with a bunch of some friends in L.A., and we went to Venice Beach, and we were just kind of hanging out or whatever, and I was sitting there looking through some, you know, stand on Venice Beach where they sell, you know, stuff or whatever, and I looked to my left, and Tom Morello's like going through the bin next to me, you know, and I was like, just you know freaked out i was like oh my god you know it's tom morello you know so i was just like he he like kind of doesn't notice me at all walks out of the store you know and uh so i'm like wow i gotta go get his autograph you know so um i got a pencil wait how old were you you were probably in high school i was like yeah i mean i would have been okay. pretty young pretty young I, yeah, but i was in high school but pretty young yeah yeah, you know? yeah uh but we were we were on like spring break or something mm-hmm. like that so i get a pen somewhere and i like you know run and chase after him or whatever and track him down and you know whatever he's 20 feet away or something like that i'm like hey tom you know or whatever and he's like yeah you know and i'm like hi i you know i'm a big fan of raging it's machine you know whatever mm-hmm. and he gets a big grin on his face and he's just like he's like he thinks it's so awesome because no one really like, no one really has asked him for autographs yet i mean not that i was the first one but no one out in the public yeah out in the wasn't public, at a show he doesn't get recognized very often yeah yeah you know yeah, what i mean and yeah. so like i you know i came up and his girlfriend was with him and she actually took a picture of me getting his autograph what because she was she was from someplace else and she was trying to explain to her parents that he was he was kind of a famous guy you know <laughs> and so she wanted to send a picture back to her parents of somebody actually getting his autograph out somewhere <laughs> So somewhere, somebody's parents, Little Brian. somebody's parents have a picture of me getting Tom Morello's autograph in huh. LA in the uh, in the late nineties. So if you come across that picture, that's awesome. I would like to get a get a copy of that. Man, so, how awesome were the late nineties? Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, it's true. Ugh. So anyway, um, that was that was cool. But he was super nice, and it was awesome because he was. You know, he actually got a kick out of the fact that somebody recognized him, and it was with his girlfriend too. Oh so yeah, that doesn't hurt. Oh, uh, 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 Mr. Morello. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, can you yeah. imagine? I mean, that that's just a great, great situation for him. I'm sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. Uh, you know, sure. what's your name? It's no big deal. Yeah. You know, 
You, uh, <laughs> you have any pets? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, that was pretty cool. But um, and then the third, the other one I was gonna say was uh, again a musician one. Um, I don't know how this happened. Mm. I think I was uh, I was I was in Topeka, Kansas. Oh, for something as a young, it's gonna be good. Young, young, Turk. young, young kid, young kid. Uh, but I, there, there was a rock band at the same hotel we were at, or something. I don't remember how it went down. But I met Dana Strum and Mark Slaughter of the band Slaughter, <laughs> and got their autographs. I had to have been like six years old. <laughs> Or something like that. But what's cool about it? What's cool about it is not only are they from the band Slaughter. Uh, Dana Strum is in Wayne's World. He's the he's the music store guy that sells yeah. Wayne the guitar. No stairway. In World. Exactly. Yeah. So I I talked to him and got his autograph. Wow. So if you ever watch in Wayne's World, you know why is he in that movie? I don't know. This Mike Myers most like random. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so he's been around. He's been in a lot of different bands or whatever. But he was also a super nice guy. And in Wayne's World. And in Wayne's World, another incredible '90s yeah. movie. Now I don't know what he's doing these days, but back in the day, when you're a little kid, and you meet a rock star. It's pretty, pretty amazing experience. So. Uh, yada yada yada. Brian picks up a guitar. That's right. <laughs> and now here I am. Yep. Exactly. Building gentlemen. Mm-hmm. It's like playing guitar. Yeah. Pretty much. Wow, Brian, that that's uh, yeah. So no MJ stories on my end, but yeah, I touch greatness. Mm-hmm. It's true, um, and I know how that sounds, and I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I feel like I should have other famous people stories, but I really don't. I mean, Always trying to think of other ones. I feel uh, like I've, I'm sure I've seen or talked to or something with somebody that's famous. I don't know. Man. The Tom Morello one's pretty good. Yeah, it was good. It was it was pretty cool. You know, it was, it was good. It was hmm. good. Super nice guy. Um, okay, Glenn, that was episode sixty five. That was the show. Um, as always, we're looking forward to the epi- next episode, episode sixty six. Beginning to feel my age. Beginning to feel our age. Episode sixty six is going to be a patriotic episode because it's going to be the Fourth of July episode. Wow. So we're going to have... We uh, know everybody's going to listen on the 4th of July. 4th of July. <laughs> to the episode. <laughs> exactly. Forget about your family. Forget about barbecuing. Hey, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Just... Or actually, you know what would be better? <gasps> yeah. Put the barbecue yeah. on. PA. Flip on the speakers. Yep. And gentlemen podcast. I tell you what, we'll do it right. We'll make sure it's patriotic. That's right. We'll make it real patriotic. And uh, you, then you can share it with your whole family. You can share it with your neighbors. <laughs> You know they'll, I mean? they'll appreciate Turn it. Turn it up super loud. And, uh, yeah, I think it'll be good. It'll be a good time. Speaking of neighbors, my brother has, in, or- in uh, he lives in Eugene, Oregon. He mm-hmm. has neighbors that uh, every day in the afternoon, they, they're they in a band and they practice at the exact same time every day. And they practice the exact same songs every day. Mm-hmm. So, if you could do that with the Gentleman Podcast yeah. for your neighbors. Exactly. That would be great. Uh, my brother really appreciates it. Mm-hmm. Hearing the same songs every day. Just we've got sixty six episodes. It would oh, take man. a long time. And they're 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 yeah. You could just run through three a day, and uh, then start them all over. Think about the good. This would this would help yeah. a lot of people. I believe. I think so too. They're searching for something like this. Mm-hmm. 
Well, anyway. Either you're a patriot or you're not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know which. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, we'll find out next week. Uh, <laughs> uh, excellent. Uh, so, I am Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Stansberry. Uh, we will see you all next week. Thanks for listening. Godspeed. Godspeed.